It's another cracker of a Koshcast. We've got all the latest covered from the Premier League where Rooney gets 100 hours of community service, that's one for every yellow card he's ever received, Aguero where were Watford's until now excellent defence as City romped past them, Chelsea hold... Sorry. Yeah, it says here, Chelsea hold Arsenal to... Yeah? Chelsea hold Arsenal to a draw at Stamford Bridge, and like Wayne Rooney, Tottenham and Liverpool lose crucial points. However, today we are also joined by a special guest Joshua Cloak to go in-depth on Toronto FC and review the latest from the Bundesliga. Has Bayern's transition from Pep to Ancelotti or highbrow to eyebrow left them confused? Can Dortmund or Leipzig take advantage? And how will they all fare in the Champions League? This and all the other nonsense. Los Gates! Hello and welcome to the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Mohanad is here. Hi everyone. Bernie is here. Hello. And joining us today from the Athletic Toronto Department, uh, Joshua Cloak. How are you? Very well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Um, so before we go on, do you want to tell all the listeners what the Athletic is? Well, I suppose I have to. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah The Athletic is a new-ish uh, sports website. Um, and what The Athletic tries to do is keep a local focus, uh, have dedicated writers on each team, and what kind of sets us apart. We are a subscription-based website. Uh, you know, subscribers pay a, what I think to be a pretty nominal fee monthly. And then what you get is ad-free in-depth content, um, mostly written, some podcasts. But what I like to compare us to is, uh, you know, if you're looking at uh, newspapers and, and more traditional online, online sites, I like to think of The Athletic as a, a Netflix, whereas you can go and you pay a small subscription fee, but you get content that is so detailed and so tailored to you. Right. Right. If you're into... The Chicago Bears, uh, the Montreal Impact, and the San Jose Sharks. You can follow those teams and get dedicated writers who not only do features, who are accredited writers and are around the team most days. You get really in-depth stuff that, you know, analysis, numbers. Um, and what I try and do with TFC is kind of differentiate and fill the holes where I think fans might be underserved, mm -hmm. uh, you know, compared to a lot of... Because, look, it, TFC does have great coverage, and I do TFC in the Leafs. TFC, compared to other MLS clubs, has great coverage. Mm -hmm. They might not have a lot of people uh, writing about the numbers behind them. They might not have people getting, you know, that, that try to get to know players as people. And at The Athletic, that's what we try to do, and, and I think we've done really well. I mean, we've... We have, in my opinion, the best stable of writers out there. And I know that's a bit of bragging, but it's true. And growing. And growing. <laughs> and growing seemingly every day. Uh, and to be totally frank, like it, it's, it's quite humbling that I get to, you know, consider myself uh, not on the same page, but, but, you know, be employed by the same people that employ your Pierre Lebruns and Ken Rosenthal's of the world. So... In terms of TFC content, uh, what I always try to do is is um, really, really go as in-depth as possible and, and kind of, look, it's easy to talk about how great TFC are. Mm -hmm. I think fans want to know why they're doing now. well. It's easy now. <laughs> yeah. There was no way to talk about it. <laughs> exactly. But we try and answer the, the why, and, mm -hmm. I, and I think that's what The Athletic does. 
And that, that's, I think, important at a time when a lot of clubs, and especially in MLS, are doing their, kind of almost doing their own journalism, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you've got yep. communications department, you've got mm -hmm. journalists laid off from newspapers who are now doing communications for um, football clubs. And so I think it's probably important for organizations like The Athletic to get in and get news and opinions and information that isn't straight, that isn't, I'm not going to call it propaganda, but is not from the club, right? It's like you're, you're getting information and right. you're coming to your own conclusions. I just find that, you know, again, we don't need to go on about the pretty horrid state of, of sports journalism, but there, as more and more people get laid off, I find there's just even more of a need from, from readers to get a better understanding of these teams that they invest so much of their time, money, and emotions in, you know, and, and for us to be able to, you know, kind of corral a lot of writers that, that were laid off, and which isn't a reflection of their talent, and say, look, what I also love about The Athletic, because it, they were not deadline focused, I can spend a few weeks on a story as I did, you know, my most recent one on, on TFC's Academy, yeah. and I can go 2,000 plus words, which a lot in a lot of places you wouldn't be able to do. Right now, our editors give writers an incredible amount of freedom and flexibility to say, you know the team best, you know the, the fans of this team best. Uh, what do you think, what questions do you think go unanswered? And, and it's our goal, I really think, with every piece for readers to come away saying, I, I learned something I didn't know previously. Right. Because, again, you, it, anybody can, can watch the highlights and, and write their own game story. These days. And that's not to you know, devalue the, the, the great beat writers that are you know, in and around the team every day, but it, it takes someone who's in and around the team every day to also be able to explain mm -hmm. why this team is doing so well. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about them then. Yeah, so speaking um, of things that we uh, kind of didn't know previously, did we learn anything from 4-0 away victory from against the LA Galaxy? It no. just seems like <laughs> every episode we say the same thing. Yeah. TFC are winning games in second gear. And they don't need Jovenko as much. We could literally rattle the same thing week after week. And this week, they literally didn't need him at all. How, how does that... That's, the, that's what I kind of tweeted out after. How did we get here where a 4-0 win is just commonplace? Yeah, in such yeah. a short amount of time, this too. Club. Yeah, Nobody's batting an eye at a 4-0 win for the second week in a row. It's, it's literally, like you said, when we heard that Jovenko and Josie oh. weren't going to play... I don't think people were worried. Nope. No. At worst, you thought, eh, 1-0 win, maybe. We go yeah. home, we're okay with that. Or a draw. But 4-0. Like, this this team, Vanny's onto something. He really is onto something. Vanny has an incredible way of um, getting the best out of players. And, and he the way he manages a roster... Because, again, we... Seba and Josie are the, the, the first choice forwards every single night. Mm -hmm. And what you, what you might get on a lot of other teams is, is forwards who might start to bear a bit of a grudge, you know, towards a manager that, that really only plays two guys again and again and again. Mm -hmm. But he has an incredible way, especially in training, of getting the most out of guys, keeping guys motivated. Mm -hmm. Because as, as you guys said, in a, it, you think, okay, they go down to L.A., probably a bit tired, not their best lineup. 1-0. Uh, but the way that he motivates this club to say, even though it's a LA is a club that's not in the playoffs, and even though this is a mismatch, we still have to really step on the gas. Well, yeah. well a lot of a lot of 
top end kind of top level managing or coaching right now is a lot of man managing. Yeah, like it's it's slightly less tactical as it used to be. I mean, it's still important, but it, it is when you have really good players, it's more about managing them. And, yeah, you know, the tactics are still important, but if you don't have that bench that is ready to come in and play, then that is a big part of, of managing right now is keeping all 22 or whatever players happy. And I think a lot of it too is linked to recruitment. I mean, if you look at the examples of uh, Toussaint Ricketts, yeah. he's started six games this year. Yeah. And he's obviously not happy at only starting six games, but he's happy to be involved in a winning team and come on and play his part. And he, he's said, like, he knows his role. And he comes, he comes on for this game or starts this game against LA and scores two goals. And they were excellent finishes, mm-hmm. which isn't, you know, you don't necessarily associate excellent finishing with Toussaint Ricketts. But the ability to come off the, be- the proverbial bench and do that is crucial to a winning team. And, and then when you say, when you're talking about recruitment, it's very obvious to talk about Javinko, Altador, you know, Bradley, the big three and all that. But it, it's the little ones. You Raheem know, Edwards, like Hassler. Raheem Edwards, Hassler. I even think of, like, I know you don't rate him, but I think of when they brought in Bittershore from mm-hmm. Vancouver. It was that experience of someone who's played in MLS. It was that... They were going for the big guy. I remember, I can't remember the Polish defender that they they had um, a couple of years ago who played in France before. I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. that was what they were going for because they thought we need that European experience. So actually, MLS is a different beast in itself. They brought in players that either understand that or fit the mold of what they're trying to do. And that recruitment is almost monkey-esque. It's, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's true. I think there was... There was the Javinko signing, but also I think it was like Drew Moore, right. Morrow, and Betashore at the same time. It but, really changed things. And again, in, in terms of like recruitment, what they've done so well, you look at their big three, the, the three guys they brought in that had zero MLS experience, Mavinga, Vasquez, and Hassler. Mm-hmm. How quickly have they adapted? Well, Vasquez mm-hmm. is his man of the season so far. He's, I, he's I been think so too. Performing. Yeah, he's you know been what? phenomenal. I really he does do. everything. He, you know, his build-up play, his creativity, his goals... Um, he's been phenomenal. Mavinga, we watched his first game. It was horrendous. It was horrendous. His debut was horrendous. Absolutely. We, you know, yeah, this is this looked like it was going to be a bad idea. And then from then on, he just kicked up. Like, people now kick the ball past Mavinga and run, and we're literally just chuckling. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Are you insane? This is not going to happen. Because, and, and to come back to it, I think a lot of this is because a, a lot of their success is owed to the fact that Vanny has patience in them. A lot of managers would look at two or three, you know, poor, you know, early season performances and say, I have guys that have MLS experience and I might go to them instead. But, you know, Hassler took two games and they waited on him. I think they waited three or four matches Mm. after he was signed Mm -hmm. to either get him up to fitness or get him up to speed with with what MLS is. And again, that's management. That's man management because, uh, you know, you could maybe say, okay, let's get him in. Uh, but his, he's a Vanny is, is as I know him is an incredibly patient and thoughtful manager, um, and I think we're seeing more of a trend towards that, and in, in, you know as opposed to the old school kind of hulking, you know the, the 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 manager that'll give his team the you know the hair dryer treatment, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's his style, and I think that style really really works because. You wanna you wanna have a manager that, that players uh, are inspired to play for. We were talking about Vanny, I think midweek, and we were saying, is it is it a possibility in the future, near future, he could possibly be looked in for a shoe in as the as the U.S. manager if he wins MLS Cup. 
I'm just saying. I mean, it, I think if he, w- I think this season, regardless, I do think MLS Cup mm-hmm. puts him over the top. Mm-hmm. But I think this season has really has a lot of people's eyes uh, really perked up in terms of like what he could do. Maybe even abroad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, not to overdo it, but we did discuss about how when when Conte last season went to a three at the back and kept <laughs> saying, you know. Again, it's not that comparable, but sure. Vanny was playing that system quite early on before a that with PSC a long time, and he really kind of perfected it, and he has them playing it so well. And he sometimes does go four yeah. at the back. He switches it up as required, but he really got that three at the back yeah. or five at the back, whatever you want to call it, really down. What I think has worked, sorry, what I think no, has no. worked really, really well for him is his two wingbacks. He'll always have one attacking and one, you know, Kind of Less tracking so. a little, a little, you know, back. Mm, right. Shore is more of a defensive, mm-hmm. you yes. know, minded guy. As, as whereas Justin Morrow sometimes looks like just a pure attacker. Uh, like <laughs> he yeah. finishes like a striker, right? right it's like right, left yeah. foot, right foot. Yeah, whatever. exactly. So I think that really works for him as well. I mean, we can, you know, we can talk about Vanny all we want, but uh, a lot of this is due to the players that he's been. Uh, given, I think yes. I think Bezbachenko deserves a lot of credit too. So that that was actually my next question: is Is there anything that you can tell us about the way that Bezbachenko goes about his job in terms of how the club recruits? Um, I think he goes about it in an incredibly uh, thoughtful manner, and I think he goes about it in a very patient, patient manner. Um, when Hassler was signed, I asked him, "I'm like, how long have you had your eye on him?" He said, "For a year and a half." Right, so this is a you know, and and we know that Vasquez was a player that they yeah. targeted before Jovinko. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if he's the kind of uh, GM to really pull the trigger mm-hmm. and say, okay, we need this guy, we need him now. Right, you wait, you you wait and see how a player develops. And so I have no doubt that they have their eyes on a number mm-hmm. of players. I know that they're preparing for life after the big three. So they have their eyes on guys and. And I also think that knowing what we know about Greg, who's a, a very patient, uh, almost sometimes quite reserved guy, I think they try to bring in players that that, that fit that mold. I mean, it, talking about character in a locker room can be a bit onerous, but like it, it helps when you have uh, you know quote unquote nice guys sure. come in, and, and yeah. Hassler strikes that. We, we mentioned we mentioned that a, f- a few podcasts. I mean. We, again, it's the same points every week. But yeah, yeah. It's that they seem to enjoy each other's company. They mm-hmm. seem to enjoy playing with each other. That does affect the, the, the kind of the bench players also yeah. morale. Um, Javinko, he doesn't have to score to kind of go over and celebrate so no, strongly like no, a goal. There's no ego. And you there. see that. Like, people watch that when, you know, when I follow TFC, I watch for these reactions from the big three when they're not involved in a game or when they're, you know. Because there were times, I mean, that Javinko had that spat early. Oh, when he got season. subbed off. You know, and he was and, angry, and you know it. It didn't take much. Yeah. Vanny he told us after the game, he's like, "We'll have a conversation." Yeah, I think within the next few games, Javinko had scored a few. So, uh, yeah, he's he's a, he's the uh, TFC whisperer. He's whatever he does <laughs> uh, works. But uh, you know, again, it, it's rare in this day and age to have a manager that is so thoughtful, and he'll talk tactics with you. Right. Until you're blue in the face. But he'll also talk so much about his, literally the way he talks to players. And, and, and you can see it in training, how much time he spends one-on-one with each player. You'll, you'll see it. If you watch him, it'll be 
almost a different player every week. Right. You know, and it, it's not even him, you know, him pulling them aside and saying, you got to work on this, you got to work on this. Players want to come to him. He's naturally mm-hmm. approachable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess we're in a... So, in terms of predictions, is it, <laughs> is it, is it, a, is it a failure to not win the, the cup this, uh, this year? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, so. they're, yeah. they're by far and away the best team in MLS. I mean, they're going to break the record. They so. should. They should break the points record. Yeah. They're yeah. what, like seven points off it right now. What I mean, when we talk about the uh, the 2015-16 Golden State Warriors, do you remember the record? Do you do you remember the team yeah. that had the record but didn't win? I remember yeah. that through they blew a three-one lead. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I remember. Yeah. yeah, but and but they were the, but all along games five and six, you're like, well, but they went. They won seventy three games. They they gotta yeah. win. They gotta win one. They gotta win, yeah. yeah. You know, so and, and that's the main. I think last of, year of North American sports. Uh, TFC right? gotta win too. I think. I think. I just felt like at that point. I mean, even just watch the game of how the game went. I, I thought TFC. See, this is what impresses me about this TFC side right now because after going through what was clearly a heartbreaking situation, you know, you were the best team. Oh, yeah. Sal didn't even have a shot in yep. the game. Yeah. Easily, Javinko could have gone to China. Yep. The other guys could have lost morale because knowing Toronto, they could have thought this is the only time we're going to do this. This was our chance. It's over. But yeah. they've stepped it up and gotten far better than they were. I agree. If they don't win MLS Cup, it is a bit of a failure. But hey, I'm practical. I'm, I live in Toronto. <laughs> if they win Supporter Shield, have a parade in the middle of the city. Yeah. I don't care. Like, do it. Get them but around. This is up, the chance, that. though. This is the chance for the history books. Like, you're forget living in the now. I'm saying mm-hmm. ten I, years, I twenty years down the line, you want to say that TFC has an MLS Cup, and this is the chance to do it. Absolutely. Not yeah. to mention, we want to see this team in Concacaf Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. What will so we do for Canada? It will be huge. Absolutely, and, and it, because it, unfortunately, we have to admit that like. If you say to someone who knows nothing about TFC, they won the cup or they won the supporters' shield, right? Which one is people are gonna say? Well, what's a supporters' shield? Yes. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's the reality of of what TSN is, or TFC is. And so, once you get into the playoffs, it the regular season will be an afterthought. Yes. And you, yes. the, I, I guarantee you are going to have players saying the regular season means nothing now. And mm-hmm. once I promise you, once they say that. We, you know, we have no choice but to believe them and say, okay, it doesn't. Now yeah, the playoffs matter. All right. Um, that's good TFC talk. Let's, uh, let's do some quizzing. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the quiz. So uh, we decided to do a, a Bundesliga slash German themed quiz. Sorry, hold on. It's Sorry. called Claudio Marquisio. Oh, it's a Claudio Marquisio this time? It's a Claudio yeah. Marquisio. All right, we stopped doing that. Yeah, Come we did. On. Because we couldn't find any until today. <laughs> All right, I like it. I like it. Um, so, Alex, remind people of your buzzing. And Bernie. That was easy. And Joshua. All right, here we go. Question number one. Which Bundesliga team is yet to concede a goal this season? Oh, that was easy. Bernie. Borussia Dortmund. Correct. Yeah. Question number two. You'd never guess it from the Spurs game. <laughs> Name the top Bundesliga scorer so far. Alex. Timo Werner. No. No. Uh, it's... It's... Joshua? Is it Oot? No. No. That was I guess it had to be Aubameyang. No. Oh. So that's Lewandowski. It's too late, Alex. Oh, You're not going to get it. You're no. joking. Lewandowski with five. Uh, Timo mm-hmm. Werner with four. Aubameyang with four. Wow. Um, question number three. Who said this phrase? 
Football is a simple game. 22 men chase a ball for 90 minutes, oh. and at the end, the Germans win. Alex. Gary Lineker. Correct. Do you know when? 96. 90. World Cup semi-final. Ooh. That's a great phrase. I love it. Um, all right. Last question. Why are Hamburg SV known as the Bundesliga dinosaur? Joshua. They are the only team to have played every season in the Bundesliga. Yes, never relegated nice. in 50 years. Wow. They've not got even Bayern Munich? They've got yeah. a they've got a proper not a countdown a, a, a clock oh. at the stadium that <laughs> waiting like for the relegation. No, 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 that just keeps <laughs> track of yeah. count up of, oh. of since oh. they started in the Bundesliga. Alright, so Premier League time. Um, wait, 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 sorry, before you start. Yeah. Harry Redknapp got sacked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Again. Again. And he always gets I sacked. I, I feel bad this time. Why? Honestly. You don't feel bad just because he was brought in to save them for relegation, which he actually did. Yeah, and then, and he, then, made, then he made 13 yeah, signings. Yeah, but then he had three games with, with those 14 signings because it was the win, transfer window. They didn't do well and they sacked him. Like, this is a team that sacked Gary Rowett, who was seventh, brought in Zola, they went down. I don't think they make good decisions, so stick with one for a while. How about yeah, that? Sure. They stuck with Zola for a while. <laughs> I, I, I really didn't think Bernie had that strong of an opinion. About Birmingham. <laughs> on Birmingham's it, it's all managing the top policy. Listening to okay. over the last week. Yes, that's <laughs> that, that was surprising. Okay. Um, let's talk about Chelsea Arsenal. This was supposed to be the weekend blockbuster. Um, it wasn't. Well, I mean, it wasn't because Arsenal didn't lose 6 0. So, yeah. Um, this was a bit of a... It was weird. There wasn't really a lot of chances on goal. I mean, Pedro had a clear-cut one. Arsenal had a disallowed goal. Other than that, it was quite... He pulled a Welbeck. Who, Pedro? Yeah. Oh, big time. That's the worst insult you but can But so get. did Welbeck. So, <laughs> yeah. Can, can I just say, I never give Arsene Wenger any credit. I'm giving him credit for this game. And for two reasons. Dropping Alexis... And, well, okay, Ozil was apparently ill or injured. I yeah. don't care which one, but he didn't play. Yeah. Dropping Alexis was a very, very brave move. And I think, as much as I think Alexis is probably the best player in the league, that was something I expect from a manager with backbone. Mm. And he finally showed it, and they played The well. problem is he makes the decisions all the time. The only difference is we still lose, so you never get to point him out. <laughs> he didn't play Alexis against Liverpool, whatever it was, last season when, you know... And it's yeah, only getting went, pointed out because... Then they went on a smear campaign game. against right. Alexis, which was wrong in the first place. <laughs> but, like, this was actually saying, you know what, you're a piece of shit, Alexis, get out. But it was funny when Alexis came on, and then Conte raised him by Hazard, like, a minute later. It's like, oh, I see your Alexis, here's your Hazard. Yes. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, but what, what I think we can give Arsene Wenger credit for is managing to get Aaron Ramsey to stay in a position yes. for most of the game. That's literally like, all I watched all game. Just not running yeah. around like a headless chicken. That was good. Um, man of the match. I thought it was Mustafi. No, no, he got man of the match. Most kilometers ran, best pass percentage, most passes, most tackles, most stuff. He was fantastic. I Excellent. thought Mustafi had a great game. Sure. I don't like him. I think he's trash. But I thought he actually had a very, very good game. All right, let's, let's get the German opinion on this. Uh, Joshua... Skodran Mustafi, yes or no? Uh, a few years ago, yes. <laughs> He's only twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, but but listen, and this is this is the German system they have. The, you could field they could field two teams. Yep. They could field two teams. Three teams in, in true, Russia, arguably. Um, you know, Yogi has a number of options uh, in the back. He's and, not good enough to start for Germany. And, and, not a chance. Uh, he was he did a job in France and and that was fine, but to me, uh, without getting too big here, you know what happened in Russia at the Confederations Cup makes me go whoa. 
a lot of guys deserve a shot mm-hmm. ahead yeah. of him. I was happy to see him kind of score. Um, <laughs> and you celebrate. Know, you know, and, and, Offside goal. And celebrate before it was uh, rudely interrupted. But, uh, you know, he's, he, he's not unlike uh, Uzel in that, like, shows up for Germany. Yeah. But I, not for his club. Well, that's because there's a system. There's tactics. There's, you know... Germany has the style of play and the good players around Ozil to make him shine. To make you watch an, a Germany game and you go, that's why Ozil is a fantastic player. Yep. And then you go to Arsenal and you have unfortunately three, four, five headless chickens running around the team. And Ozil, you know, he, that's not his game. He's not gonna go back, get the ball, run past four players and score. But he needs that kind of tactic, that plan to be set up for him to have a good game. And Arsenal just aren't the team for that. At Madrid. He was fantastic. Of I mean, one of their best players, well, one of the best players for Germany. you're talking about two very different things because the Ozil that Real Madrid actually tracked back, actually put in a shift on the wing when he wasn't supposed to play on the wing, and then he comes to Arsenal and apparently doesn't want to do it. So I, my, my problem I'm is sorry, Ozil, you don't buy Ozil to track back. I get it, but what I'm, what I'm telling you is, what I'm asking is, why do people make the excuse, and we don't want to turn this into Ozil pod, the excuse for Ozil who cannot apparently play on the wing, but he did that. For three years around Madrid and did it very, very well, but now it's he can't do it. Well, I don't Madrid understand. have eighty percent possession. They're the much better team in the game. It's life is easier. Life is easier. And, and every time you give the ball to Ronaldo, he scores. You look fantastic. You give the ball to Drew to Welbeck. You're like, well, that was a waste of my time. Just saying, he did do it. So sure. Go ahead, and he is again. one of the best players in the world. No, he no was. argument. He easily he was. still is. He's not. He's watching for Germany. He's Germany's <laughs> best. Okay, for five let's not listen to the Ozil part because Ozil is not I'm just good saying. Right very, very quick story. Uh, during their last uh, World Cup qualifier, um, I was out with uh, my wife and, and my mother-in-law and I was standing at, at, we were waiting for the streetcar and I was wearing my Germany kit. Uh, I was rushing home to catch the second right. half and I just got an update on my phone. Uh, Ozil scores to, to, to go 1-0. Um, what guy, game was this? Their like last World Cup qualifier. Oh, qualifier. Okay. Kind of yeah. Okay. So um, some guy walks by and uh, he sees my kit and he goes, oh, what's the score? I'm like 1-0. He's like, who got it? Uh, Ozil. And the, his buddy, out of nowhere, English guy, pipes up, why the fuck doesn't he do that for our soul? <laughs> Every time he fucking plays it. And he just goes off and I had to cover my mother-in-law's ears. And she's like... Who is who's that? Is he bad? Was, was, and I had I spent the streetcar ride home explaining the the Uzel paradox of him playing well. For play, anyway. right. At so least you got to talk funny. about football to your mother-in-law. I mean that's. Oh, well, she doesn't have a choice. Yeah. 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 So nil nil. Um, I think really a point gained for Arsenal. Two drops for Chelsea. Um, they they were favorites coming into this at home. They should have really. I think taking this one, especially with Arsenal's recent form. This is the first home game under Conte that they haven't managed to score in. Like this is mm. this is a disappointment. And this Chelsea. is also the first but time Arsenal kept a clean sheet at Stamford Bridge for like six years or something. You guys rate Chelsea this season, and I mean it in the concept, context of the first game was trash. We know that they recovered after that, but the Chelsea and they didn't start well last season, so I'm going to kind of hold off on season predictions, but. They don't look fluent to me, even in the games that they've won. They don't look fluent. The Tottenham game, they did not deserve to win that game. This game, they probably, Arsenal were the better team. Is it a case of a slow start, or is there something else going on? I I don't think Chelsea are as good. They don't look the same, sure, as the end of last season. Uh, Yeah, I think that's that's fair, and I think it's reasonable that they don't look quite the same. They've changed Diego Costa, who was a big part of their team, for like three years. Diego Costa this game instead of Morata, and they they win the game. Yeah, 100%. Because he's an evil prick. Yes, because Morata was just way too nice to Mustafi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, they've they've brought Rudiger in, Cahill's been suspended for Mm -hmm. a few games. 
Um, then you've got new signings in the middle with Bakayoko. Zappacosta's just come in. By the way, it was absolutely insane that they wanted Oxlade-Chamberlain as their first target and Zappacosta's their second. Yeah. And I've only watched him play twice. Yeah, it's insane yeah. nonetheless that Oxlade is their first target even if Zappacosta doesn't exist. Well, he would have. they would have lost 4-0 just the way <laughs> Ox does for you. Yeah, sure. The point is, there are some moving pieces here. They're mostly picking up results. A draw against Arsenal is not the end of the world. It looks worse than it is because Manchester United and Manchester City keep winning every game. Right. Mm. Well, but that's not going to last all Sorry, season. David Louis' red card? Fair? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he, yeah. he lost his mind because Alexis was kind of, kind of annoying him from behind. It was all Alexis. <laughs> that red card was all Alexis. Um, City destroyed Watford, who up to this point looked very, very good under Marco Silva. Not, not only very good, but very good defensively. Yes. Mm. Yes. Um, but City, that's the thing. Pep needs to get them consistent. Because once he does, this is what they're capable of. They are a very, very good team. Mm-hmm. Joshua, what are you are you noticing any similarities between the City side in their sec, well, second season with Guardiola and the Bayern side under him? Yeah, so when, when Pep came in uh, to Bayern, like he came in after they won the treble. And I think it, it took him some time to, to probably just adjust to you know, the, the, the way of life uh, at the club. And I'm seeing that now. Like, they were, you know, fine last season, but they were my pick this season. Uh, he just, you know, Pep's the kind of guy that, that also probably takes some time to kind of assert his ways, the, the, the you know, the Pep way of life. Yes. Right. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that Ribery doesn't care for. Um, <laughs> the yoga. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hard way of life. Right. <laughs> he also uh, only just got fullbacks, so that's... Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, that's a big one. He now actually has players to play the system he wants. Aguero is stepping up a hat-trick. I think the third goal was, I mean... Just kind of rolled back the years for Aguero right. a little bit. He took it to past like two last players. Year, he does this all the time. Sure, but like at his prime, this was Aguero just took the ball, got past three players. I mean, Tottenham know all about this. Just oh, yeah. got past three players and put it in beautifully. He had a he had a really good game. Jesus helps him out a lot too. I think I think this season is more a better sign of what City are capable of. Obviously, because like you said, he's brought in players. But more so because last season was a false dawn. They started very well. They started they, better than they this. They started better yeah. than this, yes. Not, maybe not 6 nils and all that shellacking. But end of the day, they won like six in a row. They're undefeated in their first 10. They started badly Isn't this season. Isn't false dawn yeah. like part two of the Blue Moon or whatever? I don't know what that is. I'm just saying. You, I don't, what is Blue Moon? It's uh, that, that movie. That, that series with the werewolf. I have no like, idea what People that hate that. Oh, Twilight? Twilight. Twilight. Oh, no, that's not City or Blue Moon? I don't think okay. that's what it is. But right. what I'm saying is... Mahomes Last season, taste started off comes heavily into question. Right. We just don't even get started on Harry Potter. <laughs> and close. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that last season, they started better. Yeah. This season, they actually had a tough time. In the first game against Brighton, they did not look good. Mm-hmm. Bournemouth, they got lucky. Lucky yes. to win. Drew against Man City. I feel like they've gone through a harder time, and they're able to adapt themselves, and now you're seeing the performance that you're seeing. But under Pep, is any team, is any English team going to be judged more harshly in the Champions League than Man City. No. I no. think you know, I think they are under the most <coughs> pressure. Uh, the league is is one thing, but this season to me Pep's goal was Champions League success. The two teams that are being judged in the Champions League this season regardless of their of their of their league form is City and PSG. Literally Oh, no, absolutely. Like, like especially yeah. no one cares like what are you going to do in the Champions League that time? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. how Pep is going to be. But, but again, if City win the league again, I think I think But that's a problem though because as you're saying with both PSG and uh, Man City, 
if you don't win the Champions League, by, and I don't mean this season, I mean by the time the managers have gone. Yeah. Yes. If Pep doesn't win Champions League by the time he's then gone, he's chance. failed. Yes, absolutely. Because that's why he was won the league. That's what you brought him for. You brought Neymar to win the Prem, um, Champions League. League. My God, they'd win that easily. <laughs> the Champions League. If that doesn't happen, it's a failure. Yeah, and you that's brought a lot in of that. pressure on the human yeah, being. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, the fact is though that if if Manchester City win the league but not the Champions League, Pep is still there. If PSG win the league on, but not the Champions League, Unai Emery is gone. Yes. Definitely, he's not, he's not a big enough name. Um, let's talk about another team that is not going to win the Champions League. United. Um, they Maybe <laughs> Everton. Maybe <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Everton 4-0. This is one of the most deceiving scorelines I've ever seen. I think up to like the 85th minute, it was 1-0 or something like that. 85th minute. Yeah. So I'm not saying United don't deserve... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're like, this is... Typically United, take Rooney out, all the goals start flowing in. Um, but I'm not saying they don't deserve it. It's just up to the 83rd. It was like 1-0, you know, hard-fought win. United looked deservedly of the win, and then it just started to, to come in. Let's not jump ahead, though. Let's first build, Rooney build, build a shrine to yes. the goal that was Antonio Valencia's strike. Yes. What a hit. That, what, three minutes in or something? Like, I barely yeah, like sat down. Mate, in, Kim was... Jong-il is... Jealous of that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute monster. It, it was, was a, fantastic. It was a beautiful hit. It's it's the type of goal that someone only scores like when they score three goals in five years or something. Like, yeah, right, right, right. The goal is going to be a worldly yeah. of a goal, yeah, right? Yeah, so true. It was, but um, honest to God, and on, a, on Antonio Valencia, to me, and I, under, and I understand a lot of people will not agree with this, but I think he's the best right back in the league over it's the arguable. last two seasons. It's arguable. And I tell you this because you can't tell me in two years one mistake he's actually made. I, but you can, you can see it, Kyle yeah. Walker and say, here's your catalogue, Kyle Walker, of mistakes that you've made. But Antonio Valencia has not made, pretty much not made one in two years, and he's a force going forward. Okay, let's say it's Kyle Walker against Antonio Valencia. <laughs> has Antonio Valencia ever, ever just run the ball out of play? No, so that's minus he, one. He yeah. wins. Kyle Walker's done that about Rooney, <laughs> Rooney had a lot of chances this game. Yeah, he actually had like three good chances yeah. to score a goal. He had a good performance over. De Gea had a good performance, sure, but I just felt like Rooney should have scored at least one of them. Let me tell you the problem with everything. Please. Okay? Every, as much as I'm a Wayne Rooney fan, everything that happened that was good was Wayne Rooney. That is a freaking problem yeah. if you're Everton Football Club. Yeah. I am sorry. That is a big problem. Yep, yep. Um, I'm looking at some numbers here, and I just have to bring it up. Please. Uh, you talk about Rooney's uh, drunk driving sentence. Yes. You've got his. You've got here in the notes, his breathalyzer showed Rooney's alcohol reading was 104. The legal limit is 35. So that's almost <laughs> three times. My question is this. If I go out uh, for a night and have, you know, eight or nine pints... Nowadays, at my age, it takes me two days to shake it off. <laughs> How the hell does Wayne Rooney drink three, almost three times? Isn't it related to weight? He's got a lot of that. It so explains I think Atalanta. It explains Atalanta. Be that as it may. Like, it, it is just, how does he show up? For training, how does like this is what if, if we're gonna marvel at Wayne Rooney for and he deserves to be marveled at for some reasons, this to me is the reason. <laughs> is the reason. This is how you have sex with grandmas when you're this you're drunk. obliterated. Yes. Oh. Exactly. But okay, so I mean the answer to your question might be that he comes in a bit earlier than everyone else, jumps in the cryogenic freezing thing right. for like an hour. <laughs> and then he runs around and sweats it all off. From. Wait, wait, run, who? Runs. who? Runs around? Walk. Runs. Yeah, he rolls around, <laughs> maybe. Um, but, alright, back to the game. Um, United, a very, very good three points, especially after the two dropped against... Sto- two, or did he lose? He drew to Stoke, two, right? Two. Yeah. Um, especially after the two dropped to Stoke. 
Right now, it seems people are are pipping United and City for kind of the the league. I mean, two of them kind of to to yeah. see it out. Chelsea, Chelsea, like I said, feels. I mean, they might still be around there quietly, but they feel a bit. But you know why? It's because this United team, it very. I don't like doing this Sir Alex in comparison. It's very very stupid. But that quote where they say, "Will they score? They always score." Now, unlike last season, you feel like they actually will score. And the primary reason is what I'm telling everyone is they stretch teams. Lukaku stretches. You see through balls. Rashford, Martial, You actually see through yeah. balls happening and now then, where you didn't see them last season. You, and it's got, a big difference. You've got a tired right back or left back. And he's dead. He's been playing for 70 minutes versus Rashford. Then he sees Martial. And he makes off. a meme out of the guy. He just like, wants to leave. He's At this point, he just does not yeah. want to play. But before Mkhitaryan, we, sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Mkhitaryan is probably the biggest difference maker over the season. Apology accepted. The guy... Is unbelievable. Right. The night and day. This is the make time we saw at Borussia Dortmund. It's right. incredible. Um, we have to move on, but Matic really quickly, because he has been arguably, could be up there as player of the season so far. He's been absolutely phenomenal. He's, I mean, he showed us a stat today, Bernie. First in, you know, pass completion, passes, interceptions, tackles, etc., etc. Best jawline in the league. Best yep. jawline in the league. He's, he has just looked so, so solid. And, you know, this is without Pogba this game as well. you got to keep that in mind. Pogba mm-hmm. is injured now for a month or so mm-hmm. or whatever. I've heard up to three months. Yeah? yeah I, I wonder how, how much that's going to so Him Jesus. and Dembele at Barca can just chill for a bit. They probably they're, do. Yeah, yeah, they're both out for a while. But anyways, United look good. Um, again, the Champions League, you know, will be a good test for Mourinho. Because he doesn't, he doesn't like the juggle. I don't know why. He's not concerned. The yeah. same way Pep is, is concerned. There isn't that Champions League pressure to win Champions League. That nope. Pep has no, no. on Jose. So if he gets past the group stages, fine. Just get back into it again. Next no, just like we were saying earlier, if, if if United win the league, and that's a big deal, and just and just get out of the group stages, I think that's a great oh, yeah. success yeah, for them. And ju- just uh, so I can hate on Carmen for a second, because that's sure. what I like to do. Um, he basically said that them finishing. Mourinho suggested that Everton should probably be looking to finish in the top four, mm-hmm. which is their kind of their stated aim or has been for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Carmen said that it's unrealistic. Well, Mourinho is an asshole too. Like, you know, oh, they're not going to finish. I don't disagree. Of yeah, but like, Kuman is basically saying, "I need time." Like, he's going to finish mid-table. That's not what they brought him there for either. So, well, he I should have know. mentioned that Mourinho was also brought in last year to come top four, and he came sixth. Europa League saved his ass. Kuman yeah. doesn't have enough bands. All right, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's do some Mumu of the week. Sure. <laughs> One thing we are no sha Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day, Mumu go wake up. This week on Mumu of the Week, we've got three delicious selections for you. Bernie, you want to start us off with uh, the great Michael Owen? Yeah, the Liverpool ambassador who's a Manchester United legend, apparently. <laughs> yes. Let's start with... Who says we when talking about Manchester United. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand him. No one does. No one does. But, and that's because he speaks rubbish. And one of the things that was rubbish that he spoke about was Liverpool. <laughs> so... He decided that Joe Gomez would not make a worthy centre back. And you why, know, Bernie? Why? I, I, you can rationalize this because Liverpool don't have any. There's a lot good of ways. Ones, yeah. So maybe you can t- tell me something. But he decided that he can't make a good centre back because he's not tall enough. How tall? How tall is Joe Gomez, Bernie? Joe Gomez is my height. What's that? Six two. <laughs> That's not tall enough. No, I'm just saying that there are there are I think six foot. Two is a pretty tall centre yeah. back. You can be a goalkeeper. Anything enough, more? Right? I mean, Peter Carr's six foot five. Right. Okay. So like, if you're six two, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Yes. That's all I'm saying. True. 
true. It, so it, Brady's saying he's doing pretty well for himself. It's a, I haven't <laughs> played centre back before. <laughs> it's a, to be fair, I always wanted to get to six two, and I was proper disappointed. When I did. Um, but it's all it's also funnier coming from Owen because he's four foot nothing. Yes, true. Right. true. Not a centre back, but no. But how tall do you need to be to defend against him? I, I mean, is my point. You don't. He must really not rate Mustafi. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, speaking of which, Arsenal and Mustafi. There you go. Wow, I did the link without even meaning Amazing. to. Amazing. Natural name. Mustafi scores a goal, 75 minutes against Chelsea. He starts celebrating. So do some of the fans. One of them jumps onto the pitch, starts celebrating with Mustafi, goes yep. a bit mental, <laughs> goal gets disallowed, fan gets kicked out. Banned for life? Maybe. Yeah. So okay. you got banned for life for celebrating an offside goal on the pitch. <laughs> there are only two times when you're allowed to jump on the pitch. Relegation. And you win the league. Yes. So how far have you fallen? <laughs> That a goal is never Yes, he fell approximately five feet. So how much he had to jump onto the field. Um, I've got one here, um, a little bit political, but it was by Andy Gray and Richard Keys, disgraced, obviously already. But here's another one. Um, Andy Gray recently, and I think they're both British, aren't they? Yeah, so they one's should Scottish, know this. One's English. Yeah, so they should know this. Um, Andy Gray mentioned, I don't know how it even came up on a sports show, that Tony Blair was Prime Minister in the 70s, mm. to which Richard Keyes, to be fair to him, interrupted and said, no, mate, you're wrong. He was Prime Minister in the 80s. Mm. Brilliant. Which, you know, I'm not expecting you to know the history of date-to-date on when Tony Blair was, but, you know, Iraq War, you kind of know what he's famous for. It didn't happen in the 80s. I would suggest you should probably know the decade, yeah. At like, least. Yeah. These are yeah. the same two gentlemen who, when yeah. David Luiz was playing at PSG and was speaking... And speaking in Portuguese, one of them said, translated what they said, how do you know? Oh, I, I, I took French in school. <laughs> so these are not oh. the two most intelligent no. people in the world. At all. Like Michael Owen, it begs the question, <laughs> why is anyone paying him? Right. <laughs> one thing where I know, Sha, Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day, Mumu go wake up. Another team that will not win the Champions League is Tottenham. Swansea. <laughs> and Swansea. Um, so this this Wembley curse thing, I mean, people put it behind them because they did win uh, their Champions League game at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, to Swansea, I mean, Swansea have not looked very good. Carlos Sa- uh, Carlos. Uh, is it Carlos Sanchez? Renato. No. Renato, Renato, yeah, I don't know why I said that. Renato Sanchez has had a horrid time at Swansea. They've looked quite disjointed. Two games, man. I mean, how much did Bayern pay for him? He's supposed to be incredible. Sure, but like... Anyways, okay, I mean, it's not only... It's a bargain, Come man. on. Like, no, <laughs> He's also not, 19. It's not just two games. It's, you know, 14 plus possessions and half an hour. Like, it's a horrendous start. Regardless, Tottenham should have easily won this game. Uh, Kane, September started and he looked like on fire and then he went dry again in this game. Um, mm-hmm. The amount of people that put him in fantasy must just yeah, be, I did. you know, jumping off. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah so many of that. Um, <laughs> I don't know why Spurs... Just could not break them down. Well, I, I think that's that's for they did break them down. They broke them down multiple times. They had a bunch of very good chances. Yes, Kane had a chance from two yards out. They hit the bar. It was bizarre. And right. Fabianski made a bunch of very very good Fabianski saves, which brilliant. he's been doing all yeah. season. So like, it's not that they didn't break them down. And it was quite funny after the game because uh, post match interview, the interviewer said to Pochettino, "So Swansea defended really well. What did you think of it?" And there was this massive like pregnant awkward silence, and Pochettino right. was like. I'm going to talk about my team because yeah. Yeah. he wasn't yeah. that impressed with Swansea. I think he defending. said like congratulations but to Swansea. I thought Swansea actually did. They had a game plan. They sure. executed it well. They did their job on the day. I'm going to give Swansea some credit. Absolutely. They completely frustrated. Um, 
Tottenham. Yes. yes, Tottenham got behind them, but you expect them to, and they did their job well. So, well done, Paul Clement. Son honestly. played the left wing back. He was, I think, one of their best players. He's always one of their best players when he plays. He needs to play more. I yeah, I, I think I think actually Pochettino got the starting system wrong, and I think he admitted it at halftime when he ended up putting Son up front. Yes. Um, like, there was no need to play. I know the three centre-back system has worked well for them, but there was no need to play three centre-backs also, against Swansea. Also, it was Dyer and Sissoko in centre-mid. I mean... Come on, like if I pay if I pay money to go watch a game and I have Dyer and Sissoko playing center mid, like I, I, well, I, I they don't really have any other options right now. When Yama's not fit yeah. and Dembele can't play twice in a week, I, so. I have to say I think there's a lot of managers who are shoehorning this three five two in because it's the in thing and it makes sense because Chelsea did it well and other people do it well. If you don't have to do it, I know Tottenham did it well to an effect last season. But if and against Dortmund, if you don't have to ago. do it, yeah. don't do it because but, Son at wing back. I'm, don't do seen, it doesn't make sense don't do that you've seen the video formations over the decades and how they work it's like one guy makes one change and all of a sudden mm-hmm. everybody follows suit and it just it will take its time it'll go away we'll go back to the 4-3-3 you know it'll well, while we're on it Josh um, as a Bundesliga fan have you what have you thought of the development of Hang Min Son uh, I don't really know enough to comment okay, to be fair, fair. Enough, yeah. um and frankly, I, I'm enjoying being on the sidelines. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. There's we a can lot, just keep going. Of, it's uh, because I, I really liked him at uh, yeah, was it Leverkusen. Leverkusen. Yeah. I thought he was fantastic. When Spurs got him, I was quite jealous. I thought it was a great signing. It's a signing I would have taken at Arsenal. I think he's quite good, especially that he's okay with playing a, a bench role. He's okay to play when required. And he's good enough. He's I, I like him. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Um, just before we move on, 40% of this game was played in the Swansea penalty area. Like, is that... Completely Possible? insane, or like it's all Fabianski goal not kicks. Half? Yeah, no, no, like, it's impossible. Like, no, no, no. Pe- what well, are we okay. talking about here? Either the BBC website is wrong. It is yeah. wrong. Or there's no way. Wait, think about the game being played in a penalty. Like, <laughs> what is going? On? Unless, like I said, it is just Fabianski <laughs> taking minutes to yeah. every goal kick, and then <laughs> kind of ca- there's no way. Like um, those passing circles in the penalty area. There's no way. That's unbelievable. Um, Liverpool again struggling against Burnley. Um, they, they always struggle against. Yes, Mani is still serving his um, his suspension. Jail sentence. Yeah, jail sentence. Coutinho came back in, which means the number of shots from outside the box skyrocketed. It really did. Um, yeah, and and I mean, one of them went into the second tier, and people. Ah, oh, the best tweet was um, Coutinho knew that Barcelona were playing at the same time, so he tried to assist Suarez from from England. <laughs> it was fantastic. Mate, they had thirty five shots, thirty five shots in this game. Nine were on target. That just shows you yeah. how many shots Coutinho took from outside. Yeah, he, he actually, there's a lot of those where it's like, you know, one goes in and people live on it for three games and then he needs another one, you know, just to kind of get back on it. And it's it's annoying at one point. If Klopp has a plan, like, pass them around, get him tired. This is just this just wastes this effort. The thing, if Coutinho ever does go to Barcelona, the first thing they'll do is be like, Right. <laughs> Stop shooting and pass. See Iniesta yeah. over there? Hasn't shot in 50 years. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, Defensive error. Yes. That let uh, Burnley... Lovren, Lovren's foot has Arfield. like a ball. Canadian Arfield. men's national team, Scott Arfield. That's, there we go. That was a great finish yep. too. Um, Salah looks to be a great signing for Liverpool so far. I mean, Ooh, am I going to hold him accountable for like the results? But he's scored He scored in the Champions League. He scored this game. He's their top scorer, their best player man, uh, player of the month, etc., etc. He's been great. My problem is Salah's been great. But it's another one of those things that's almost reminds me of Russell's like, what's the point? Right. Like, what's the point of you bringing in this dynamic, wonderful player if, can't if you can't defend? It's so, and I'm trying to be nice today. 
Okay. Because me and Omar are, are, are we're becoming friendlier. Right. Okay? And Omar's our friendly Liverpool fan. But it's when your manager literally says we watched 500 defenders, something along those lines, mm-hmm. and we couldn't find anyone better than Lovren and Clavin and uh, Matip. He literally said this again. He repeated it again after this game. I'm sorry. Either your manager is crazy. Or your football club needs to be burnt down and start again. And apparently he agrees that Joe Gomez can't play centre-back. <laughs> Lovren is actually worse than Lovren. Like, I actually yeah. start Lovren over Clavin, and that is the worst thing you can say about someone. You watch some of the, the Burnley... Burnley had two headers from corners. Mm. It is actually comical. Watch, just focus on Clavin. He just... He spins, ducks, and he does the nothing. The one where Ben Mee yeah. um, should have scored twice. Twice in a row. He just did... I don't know what he's doing. And he looks back and he goes, oh, I guess that was my guy. I don't, I don't know. know. It's and, crazy. And the other thing is that they don't have, even though I'm not a big fan of this idea, but they don't have good protection in front of the back four because neither Henderson or Vinaldum, who I love, or even Emre Chan, are actually defensive midfielders. But it's that's why they bought Ox because he, he can defend in front of the back oh four. God. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. just give it some time. He's slowly bleeding him in. I mean, I hate to say it, but what we're really saying here is that Liverpool need Bespachenko. <laughs> yeah, sure. That may not be far from the truth. <laughs> yeah. um, let's uh, go through some of these other scores really quickly. Palace, notably, still haven't scored a goal in what four games now? That's amazing. Uh, that's I mean that's worst incredible. record since eighteen eighty something. Wow, right? Like, Which is like when they started. Ruben Loftus Cheek got very close, but he was he was quite good this game. Actually, and this whole thing was like a, a facsimile of his career. Mm-hmm. Just like has a chance. And it just kind of yeah yeah nearly gets um, Southampton did win. win though they they scored a goal um, <laughs> that's all you need to do yeah, yeah they scored one more goal than Palace did no they're um, not gonna score so you yeah. might as well score um, Tadish had a great game I like Tadish I think a bit of consistency and Tadish is a great player um, you've been saying that for how many years well that's because he hasn't been consistent um, I feel now you say that I just feel like I'm wasting my life. <laughs> I've just talked about Tadic for three years. Pretty much. Um, Vander, uh, <laughs> I'm 28 and I've been waiting for Tadic to be <laughs> yeah. good. Um, man, you have VVD down here. I just want to say Van der Vaart, but it's oh, Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, it's Virgil like, van Dijk. But I'm sorry, you see VVD? that and it's like, yeah. Um, Virgil van Dijk did come back. Um, he looked a bit chubby, to be fair. Um, I, I know. This is the first impression. Am I the only one that's really happy that Southampton rebuffed player power? So did Liverpool, so did Arsenal. I'm really happy about that. Arsenal tried to sell Sanchez. What are you talking about? Literally, <laughs> literally sat on the same table, transferred deadline. Like, I was arguing with a really quickly with the Arsenal fan online about saying, well, at least Arsenal Wenger showed some balls and kept Sanchez. I'm like, Sanchez not leaving is a failure on Arsenal Wenger's side because he tried to sell it. But, like, it's but not a he, win. He, unless the, he didn't sell him unless the money was right. No, no, no. Has nothing no. to do with that. It was Thomas Lamar. They couldn't get Lamar, yeah, so they didn't sell Sanchez. They like, wanted to sell him. Yeah. 90 million Lamar. Oh, my God. Coutinho is, is an interesting one, though. I thought he would definitely go. But I think Barca kind of focused a bit more on the on the Dembele stuff. And then it kind of... No, they, maybe. They, they launched the, they, 140 million and Liverpool still said no. Which is crazy on Liverpool's part. I, right. I think, I think no that is crazy. Unless, unless they know for sure that they'll get similar but money I, next I, season. I, I respect them, though. I really do. Kate has a great player that they're getting. He's oh, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Did you see his goal? Uh, not, I guess, yeah, last weekend. Yep, a screamer. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Um, again, if, if you're Liverpool, you're you're looking at it, and you're probably saying, "Well, what else can we find?" Right. You know, in in, in these teams. Sorry, um, on on Kate, The thing that interests me, I'm not going to pillage him, Alex. Don't worry. 
you chase him for eighty million, then you just, then you remember he has fifty million release clause in next season, and then you go, oh, let's do that instead. Right? Did they not know about this? Well, like, why did you chase I think him for so long? To be safe at this point. I mean, the, the the point was they tried to get him now. Yeah, but why? And when Leipzig said absolutely not now, they said fine, we'll take him That's, next I'm year. Saying, why would you well, now for eighty million when you know you can get him next? Because season? then other teams because will want, come in for him. Well, that yeah. and you want to win now, right? Like if you yeah. can improve your squad in the present, you do. And, it, and there are some rumors that he might move in January. Like depending the, on how, the depending on how they're doing in the Champions League and stuff, apparently like he might just come a bit earlier. That the, Liverpool are trying. Let's least. say they need that type of player, absolutely. Sure. No, but I, I think that's a big reason why he stayed. I think uh, Leipzig say we might just get this one year in the Champions League. Yeah, we have to show pretty well, and you know he's really vital to their. Success. Oh, maybe for they sure. can pull a Leicester. What uh, in the Champions League? Yeah. In the Champions League. What quarterfinal? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I thought you meant like Leicester winning the Premier League. Like no, no, no. Like you keep your stars and they oh. don't go to a so-called bigger team. Right. <laughs> and then they do well in the Champions League. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. I think they can make a call. Um, sorry, just very quickly, yes. I want to say we, we talked about Southampton and ended up talking about Liverpool. That's quite funny. Yeah, it is. It's a stepping stone to Liverpool. Um, Bournemouth beat Brighton 2-1. Uh, Brighton did go 1-0 up, but Bournemouth... Oh, man, if anyone needed three points... I mean, other than Palace, it was Bournemouth. They mm. needed these three points big time. Defoe, Rooney needs a few points as well. <laughs> Rooney, yeah. Um, Defoe <laughs> with the winner. I, Jordan Ibe, their... their um, Record signing. Record signing. Thanks, Alex. Um, two assists, one really nice back heel. I've actually heard from a Nigerian other than Bernie that it should be eBay. Yes. Yeah? Yes. So everyone's got it wrong. Yeah. Also, there's a Nigerian actor who called Mr. eBay as well. Why don't you guys make more noise about this? <laughs> because he's not going to play for Nigeria, so we don't care. <laughs> right. Um, we already picked off it, Wobi. We're done with English people. <laughs> so that happened. Huddersfield, Leicester 1 1. Not much to say there, except for some reason, just I don't know why I'm sharing this, but my brother hates Shakespeare. Like, he literally. Great Shakespeare? Every, yeah, every time he comes up the screen, my brother just like starts to huff and puff. He's like, I hate this guy. He's like, why? He's like, he feels like out of his depth. He. I think he's doing fine. I mean, Leicester can't win this sure. season, which is a bit of a problem. But um, he's taken over the Allardyce role as like pie and gravy man. Yeah, right. Like right. if you look at him, like chip shop pie. Yeah. 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 Like manager most likely to be caught. The Premier League needs one of those. It's it's absolutely necessary. They're a dying breed. I don't want them to <laughs> yes. go away. Fair um, we did, this is we, the English way. Damn it. We did not mention that Palace did get Hudson in. Uh, you know, seventy year old. Oh, Hudson. you still can't say it. H- yeah, Hudson there. <laughs> Right. Anyways, why would I care how to say his name? I can't believe he keeps coming back that I have to say his name. Every time I think he's done, I keep having to say his name. Um, let's call him Al. He just looks like an Al. Um, Newcastle beats Stoke 2-1. And Newcastle are like sitting in fourth. Three yeah. wins in a row. Yeah, yeah, three wins in a row. Um, I like I like Benitez. Yeah. I like him. He's a good manager. Yeah. Like, he gets such a bad rap, but he is a very good manager. <laughs> There's a funny thing too on Twitter. Uh, so Jamal Lascelles has got two goals in two weeks. And yes. his mum tweeted like, I've been giving him a fiver for every goal since like he was a kid, and it's costing me a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> Quite nice. These nice. are new captain, eh? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, West Brom, uh, West Ham, nil nil. Uh, you know, Barry, the big one was was Gareth Barry. Um, Sorry, player. West Brom nil, West Ham nil. Yeah, we've talked about it for too long already. But Gareth Barry is a legend of the Premier League. We cannot just you know. Mate, this was the worst game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. It is so fitting that Gareth Barry is, you know, breaking records in a nil-nil game because that's what he does. It's his first player to ever play 600, start for 600 Premier League games. Mm-hmm. He equaled or beat Ryan Giggs or whoever is sure I can remember. Ryan Giggs. Ryan Giggs, 632 or something? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. So I, I love Gareth Barry. He's a great servant of the league and he's been just around since I could remember. Tony Pulis made a very funny comment, which was... Once we brought him in, we realized how good he was. 
Like, you've had, like, 25 years to realise how good <laughs> yeah. Gareth Barry is. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's all there is, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think we have some more time on the pod. No, uh, no, I don't, no, I don't yeah, know. I mean, we could go into La Liga, <laughs> yeah. Serie A, if we want. To be fair, a lot has happened, but we won't. Yeah, um, no, is there Champions League in Europa this, this, this no. week? Yeah, you would know about Europa. Oh. I mean... Anyways, coming from the United <laughs> fan. No, no, no. You know what there is, though? There's the Carabao Cup. So if you can't get excited about that, wow. nothing will get you out of bed. What is no. Carabao? No one it's knows. It's a they. Thai energy drink. Wow. Yeah. They actually did the draw for the cup in Thailand at four in the morning in the UK. Speaking so like, about wow. sponsors, everything now have Angry Birds on their sleeve. That's been yeah. some of the rounds. Listen, so. I saw that and I thought, that's better than what we're going to have. We're going to have Tinder. Oh, yeah. United are getting Tinder. Yeah. 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 Anyway. for real? I heard it was yeah. a negotiation. I don't know if it's like a, a set thing, but what is interesting to me is if they all have a different person's face uh, on each sleeve, that would be fun. They swiped right on that deal. Yeah. Tinder <laughs> should uh, sponsor Portland. Be the Portland Tinders. So Joshua is not only a writer for The Athletic, but in his spare time, he is also part of Sudcurva Toronto, which is the Toronto-based Bayern Munich supporters club. That's right. Um, so why don't we start? Where else to start? But with Bayern Munich. Bayern. <laughs> we were, where did we see them? We were in... Uh, Olympia Stadion. Yeah, we were okay. in Berlin last year. Oh, um, nice. And we saw them play Hertha. Beat them 1-0 with a... 2-0. No, 2-0. Douglas Costa. Bo- the Douglas Costa, brilliant left foot. But yeah, there was corner. that big git sitting behind us who just kept going, Bayern. Yeah. In the Berlin... I mean, it was all Bayern fans. Yeah. Regardless. Uh, I mean, there was a crazy Berlin kind of... Sub- Hardcore supporter section, but yeah. like kind of everywhere else where it was neutral, it was all red. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was quite a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that um, guy was the highlight. For sure. <laughs> oh yeah, he was a human foghorn. Yeah. It was incredible. But uh, so this week, Bayern have beaten Mainz four 0 which is well, welcome relief probably for Bayern fans. What, let's start with what is going on with Bayern. There have been there's been infighting. Lewandowski's come out recently right. and been unhappy. Uh, Muller's been unhappy with Ancelotti. Um, the board have placed Salihamidzic in a director of football role, I think, which yep. is kind of them exerting I, their that, authority, maybe. Yeah, that feels more like a puppet role yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's puppet-sized. So. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah. but, but, I mean, why don't I, I'll stop talking and you start telling us about what, what's going on at Bayern this season. Well, I think Bayern just got, or have gotten, a little too comfortable under Carlo. I think what you see is a team, and again, we were talking about it with Vanny, a team that's just uninspired, and they're not creative. I, th- I think, that for me, the biggest and probably the coolest storyline coming into this season was how many young managers you had throughout the league. Yes. You had managers in their 20s yeah. that maybe hadn't played the game at the top level or hadn't managed at the top level, but teams were saying, well, we don't have the budget, we don't have the stars that other teams do, but... You come to us with a pretty inventive plan. And that's what I've always loved. Or, or I, that's what I've loved recently about German football is just how dynamic they are and how they're, they're not afraid to take risks. And Bayern have looked incredibly scared to do anything differently than, than what worked for them five years ago. Is and it just I, the rumor? or is it, isn't, it, isn't Bayern supposed to be getting... Is that Sturmer or is there already or is there already like a deal in place for um, for Nagelsmann? Nagelsmann yeah. kind of showed his hand a few probably last week or two weeks ago, and he said it's always been a dream of mine. And and I think every German coach would say something like that. Um, and 
that's I, I think that came after the win. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. It's yeah. not. It's no longer like it's. It's more than a dream. The guy bought a house. He bought a house. Oh, <laughs> he right. bought a house. He like, also sold a few players. Like it's all. Yeah. It's all in the works. Yeah. I think. I just think there's an incredible divide in terms of what uh, what fans want, what management wants, and what players want. Now, just to come back to Carlo, the way he trots out the four three three to me is just it's so tepid, it's so boring. And you can't keep relying on throwing Robin and Ribery yeah. at the wings and throwing a cross in and hoping for the best. That's all it's looked like this season. And it's so frustrating because you have you still have some incredible, you know, dynamic young talent that again they're not using. We've we've barely seen any of James. The, yeah. the you know, the only off season signing and, and Carlo just goes with what works. And the problem is that's why Bayern got him. Because he's won the Champions League many times. And he has this pedigree that probably no other coach in the modern game has. But he also isn't really known for his ability to adapt. Um, and so what you're getting is a lot of discontent from fans. Mm -hmm. I think, again, from a, a lot of the guys that, you know, at Sudkirv, Toronto, we watch the games every week. And it it's frustrating because we're accustomed to this, you know, attacking football that's mm. so full of class and precision and just a, a, a very clear state of mind. Well, apparently, according to, uh, I mean, what we read this week, apparently the players are too and they kind of mm. miss that high-intensity, kind of creative way of Pep over the slightly more kind of repetitive and, 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 and safe Carlo Ancelotti approach. And, and that's interesting because when Pep left, notably there were a couple of players, Ribéry I think included, who seemed to feel some level of relief because Pep is relentless, mm -hmm. right? It's day after day, constant innovation, constant changing things up. And Ribery is old. And Ribery is <laughs> yeah. old. And, and, you know, there was, I think, some palpable relief from some members of the squad. But Ancelotti seems to be almost too far at the other end of the, See, end of the spectrum and they're looking for balance. Exactly yeah. what, what you guys said is what I heard as well. It wasn't just Ribery. I heard Robin at points in the season was complaining about the rigidity of training and how things are going. And I feel like with Bayern Munich, as they call them, FC Hollywood, you know, that they, they will dramatize a, a few things. And it, it's a thing that happens over time. We've heard this time and time again with different managers. They do this. So my question is, what is the real situation? I feel like Carlo Carl Ancelotti came in, same squad, essentially. Didn't change anything, right. re really. If Carlo Ancelotti is going to do his best work, he needs players that understand how to play with Carlo Ancelotti. Either he wasn't backed, or he didn't do his own job of bringing those players. People say you cannot travel back in time, but I swear every time Robin runs down the wing and cuts to the left and kind of puts it into, I, I, Mate, I, I, I get, I go ten years younger. So it's like I've seen this so much in my life that I just feel twelve again. He actually sure. scored with his right foot this weekend for the first time. Nobody in like believed 10 years. it. I think it was nobody no, believed it. So you need, you need, to, you need the video replay. You need VAR, mate. <laughs> I think what we're what we are honestly on the verge of is is kind of a. A, a serious need for the, the team and the club to just regroup. And I'll say it, you know, not winning the league would be yeah, a, a good, good thing. thing. And I know that's a, a real kind of sadistic way to look at it. But, you know, like, let's... We're let's, Arsenal fans. Right. right. <laughs> I want to get relegated. <laughs> you, know, let's, you are. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Don't bring me into this. <laughs> okay. Let's go back to the days where the academy was a priority and let's develop players through the academy um, you, you, you know, to appease fans, 
bring in a, a German manager. And I know that that might seem trite, but but it matters, you know. And 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 I think that solves a lot of that. Um, you know that that the, the problem that I think they're experiencing when they go to China and it's about growing the brand. But how can you grow the the brand if you don't have a very clear identity? Um, so let, let me ask you this based on what you just said because it's it's something that I find interesting. You're trying to talk about Bayern Munich off air. We talked about one of the uh, priorities is growing the brand. Yeah. The other thing we talked about is getting back to winning the Champions League. Yeah. That's why they brought in Pep Guardiola to yeah. create this dominance and they were in close. Europe yeah. that would, in essence, spur that global brand. Ancelotti was brought in also because, I mean, he won it three times the most of anybody, so who better to win the Champions yeah. League? If you go back to the academy system, you're almost saying, like you said, let's regroup, take a couple of years, we tried figure it. this yeah. out, let's do like a La Masia type thing yep. and hope for the best. Yep. Your brand is going to suffer as a result, isn't that? Yeah, your brand's going to suffer, but I think they know that regardless of, of, of how long it, like they're still going to fare good enough in, in the Bundesliga that the, they'll stay interested. In. And if it means competing you know, with the Reals and Barcelonas, I think that's a risk they're willing to take because how good was that club when when Muller and Schweinsteiger and Lom were at their best? Yeah, right. You know, and th- I think that's mm-hmm. what they want. I think if they're still gonna say, sorry, if they're still gonna say, we can't, we're not gonna pay Sanchez, we're not gonna pay Alexis Sanchez what he wants because right. that's exorbitant and we don't want to be held at the mercy of players. Which I kind of I thought they should have done it. I, I understand. I, d- I don't think Sanchez wins you the Champions League. I no, but if, if, if you bring in Sanchez, Lewandowski is gone. He is not going to handle being the second highest paid player on that team. Right. He won't. Yes. So so build this, you know, get back to that. And it it seems a bit obvious. Get back to that Mia Samia mentality and say, we're not going to pay players these exorbitant fees. So let's build from within. Mm-hmm. And we feel confident enough that we have the resources at our wherewithal to to you know, develop these players. And mm-hmm. do, do you think they'll be pushed to that in some respects from the kind of re- the recruitment in the last couple of years that's gone wrong? Douglas Costa, Kingsley yep. Coman hasn't worked out. Like, are these things going to push them towards developing their own players? Well, I would also argue that a lot of their recruitment has worked out really well. Kimmich, to me, sure, could yes. be their most valuable player of the season. He and is that. I think he is that. I good. think he's that good. He, yeah. he is that good. And Rudy and School are probably good signings too. But in terms of when they've tried to bring in players from outside of Germany. Yeah. Recently, it hasn't seemed to have... No, and I don't... And, and it, it's very early, but early returns on Hamas are... Uh, where, yeah. where does he fit? That was, it was always, a weird one. That was always the case. It was un-Bayern. Yeah. And, and how many clubs can you say that? It's, it's un-whatever. you know whatever. Yeah. And, and that, to me, that, that says that there is still some kind of uh, mentality or there's still some kind of identity about this I, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves slightly, but I feel like a sort of dark horse transfer that they could pull off is Julian Draxler in January. Oh, I don't think it's that dark horse Bring someone in because He's I think available. they need to start planning for Robin and Ribéry to leave the club. They never leave. They go nowhere. Robin <laughs> they're going to be football at some point. <laughs> but Robin's going to be playing as but director of football. I think, I think they need to start moving past that and you bring a German player who's skillful can play on the wing and someone that can be molded into but what's the, the but, but they might figure what's the point of doing that if our manager is still going to play Robin and Ribery right. if you have to pull yeah. the trigger to me you have to pull the trigger on Carlo first I think mm-hmm. once he goes 
The dominoes start Get to fall. Get that young German manager in. After he wins Well, in. not to mention Nabry's coming back next season. So Nabry and Draxler on the wings. And look, at there's they, you know what? There's inklings of this. There's, it's no secret that Uli Honus wants FC Deutschland. Like, he wants a team built uh, of German players. And we saw that, like, like Rudy and Sule, these are great yeah. signings. These are economical. Yeah. You know, Rudy's looked good, unglamorous, but, you know, really, really good. And, uh, I, I, again, I, I, right now I would not put money on them winning the league. The first time well, ever. And, I, and you can hold me to that. I, I, they'll get close. Okay, but, you know, Dortmund. I, let's talk about Dortmund. Then they're sure. top of the they're top of the table. They haven't um, conceded a goal yet. Shocking. Um, mm. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, have they been as good as these numbers suggest? I I don't think so. Um, no, I'm inclined to say not because they you would be no. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I, and I know again, this is a bit sadistic, but I want to see Dortmund do well after they were just butchered this summer yeah they had just players I, I i stopped at one point i was like when did dortmund become sellers when long, did they just a long time ago didn't well they? when did i mean you have Lewandowski and Gutsen. you but you have I mean, they got Gutsen back it's all good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I back yeah, yeah, and i know you have to make the dembele move because that's yeah well, he, business. He, he, he also pushed yeah them right he, yeah but you just lose all these players so to me it's it's i think it's good to see I, it, it's a, a good Dortmund is, is good for the league, mm-hmm. and I, but I, yeah, I, I'm surprised. Speaking of players leaving, I've I've asked these guys that question a few weeks back, and during the transfer season, why was there not more interest in Aubameyang other than from China? Yeah, like like huge. I thought Aubameyang would have this crazy, yeah. you know, bidding war over him. A lot of people need strikers. There aren't a lot of strikers in in the world right now that are at that level, and I just thought. People would be ripping Dortmund's arm off for Aubameyang. And I just thought nothing happened. Milan, some rumors, and that's it. Yeah, Aubameyang did kind of... He he pushed it a little, too, because he, he wants out. Yeah. You know, and, they, and I get that. Dortmund is a stepping stone for elite players. I think Dortmund knew that they were going to lose a lot of players, and they said, well, we, we really can't let go... I mean, we still have to put the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> yeah. So we have, there has to be someone here. I, he'll go next year. I think. Um, but his price was huge this summer. It was like 70, 70 million they were asking It's not for. that big. And for a 28 going to 29, I don't think any club was about I honestly to. thought Madrid would come in and go, okay, Benzema, thank you very much. You've well, they they, they were chasing yeah. and Mbappe yeah. forever and True. then that didn't happen. But this so. is the thing, like, Aubameyang and Lewandowski are in a race to join Real Madrid. And Real Madrid want Lewandowski. They've wanted him for years. And he wants to go there too. And he wants to go there. But I don't think they actually want Aubameyang. Anyways, I just thought they could have bought him whenever. I yeah. thought there'd be just more interest. I thought it'd be bidding more. I thought, you know, he'd really be close to going somewhere because he it's been a few years now where he seemed to be on the verge of that kind of like you said, from a stepping stone mm-hmm. to his final destination. And it looks like it might start to become too late. My uh, my thing on Dortmund is they win this game five nothing. Yeah. Right. They, right. Great game. Aubameyang scores two. Awesome VAR controversy in this game. Wouldn't, it wouldn't Apparently. be an early season Bundesliga We need VAR for VAR. VAR. It, it's amazing. But it, my problem isn't the VA, the use of VAR in this game. Whether it was wrong or not is not my problem. Referees get decisions wrong and you keep playing. But the Cologne sporting director requested that they <laughs> replay this game. What? Like, yeah. I'm good. He's gonna file paperwork to, uh, you know, to request that the game be played again because of VAR, which is dumb. To whom it may concern, you <laughs> might as well do it for every single football match yeah. because the referee messed up. VAR is a ref- is refereeing 
assistant. That's the idea. That you're saying it's allowed to be wrong. Yes. Okay. Sure. It, it, sure. it will can never be 100% right. That's not the point of it. Sure, sure. Um, I also want to talk about um, Leipzig a little bit, um, especially what Timo Werner. Yeah. Um, Alex was saying, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> if you're a fan of, if you're a fan of the Mannschaft, like this. Yes. Is, so this he's is the, the striker you've been waiting oh, for. He's already years. he's already starting games for Germany. He's already scoring goals for Germany. Um, is this gonna be a guy in a in a year or two or three or whatever that people are gonna be you know trying to get for a hundred million? Like, is he that good? Um, I think a, a lot of his value will come after the World Cup. I think you know, and we've seen that we we see that every international tournament. There's always a player that kind of outperforms themselves, and then Florentino um, Perez buys them, <laughs> right? Or, yeah. or or Bayern yeah. buys you know Ronaldo after and, after Florentino Perez buys them, Bayern get him on. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But yeah, I think he, uh, unless something shocking happens, I think he does start up front for Germany and I think a lot of people will wait and see well how do you do against the world's best right. defenders um, you know I think a lot of big clubs around the world big 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 clubs still look at the Bundesliga and say all right but you know right. uh, and and let's see how he does in the Champions mm-hmm. League as well against you know some hopefully some some heavy hitters if they get out of the group and uh, but yeah I do think if he has a good a solid enough Champions League, but if if he performs well in Russia, yeah, I think he's he's the guy. Okay, let's end on this. We've got like a minute. Sure. Let's. I just want to ask you, where do you rate the Bundesliga in terms of the, the European leagues? In, in terms just of, regardless of of how how about or we why. segment it? Just let's second, do, second. So let's let's do let's what? do this entertainment value. Where is it? And then quality. tactically oh. and quality, where is it? And, and I know this is going to Entertainment value, I do say it's number one. You know, I, I do watch uh, the Premier League. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be up early and I'll watch it. And it's just, it's, it's so tired. And for me, stadium atmosphere, which oh. falls into, you know. Oh, it was brilliant it's, in it's, Number one. We oh, yeah. Number when, one. We, when we were there, we, I mean, it's not that we couldn't believe what we were seeing in Germany. Just compared it, to. It was more that we couldn't believe how shit it was in England. Like, yeah. it's so bad. The problem for me is the low-end teams in the Bundesliga are much worse than a lot of the low-end teams uh, in, in other well, leagues. Well, low-end teams right. in England are probably pretty good. From, I mean, I don't know. I think the football in the Premier League is not that good. It's just everybody is... I mean, this is harsh, but everybody's as bad as everybody almost. Like, it's like... Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. the English teams are, are doing horrendously in the Champions League. They're actually not that good. It's just everybody is at around the same level, so it seems very competitive. But so competitive doesn't mean it's the best league, but it is the most competitive. Like, teams will lose, you know, it, like La Liga is the least. But Premier League might be the most, and Bundesliga is somewhere in there in terms of, like, teams being, you know... Yeah. The Bundesliga well, you know, shouldn't be though, because if you look at like Naby Keita, who we have on this thing, right? Right. Liverpool are trying to buy this dude for like they bought eight. Him. They bought they him. Well, well next season, million. right? He's yeah. going, but they tried to buy him for eighty million this season. And my point is, the Premier League goes and goes. Who is the best from all these leagues, right? In from Germany, do the same thing. Bring them over, and then it's still shit. Yeah. So I don't understand how this dynamic really works. I genuinely believe if you love your football and you know your football, you rate the Bundesliga very, very, very mm-hmm. highly. If you are a Joe Q casual Saturday morning soccer guy, right. you rate it quite lowly. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, and that, and I know that sounds snobby, but no, I mean there's technical quality and there's entertainment value, and yeah. the two things do, don't 
always intersect, right? Um, but just before we, we leave Bundesliga, um, one last question. Uh, a player and a team that might surprise us this season. I really... I, I, I am not worried as a Bayern fan, but I think Schalke are going to do very, very well because they're not in Europe. Okay. And I think when that happens to teams... In Germany, they, they, they can do quite well. We saw it uh, last year with, with Leipzig. So And they've got a new manager. They're playing, again, inspired football. So I would look out for Schalke. I, I, I can see them getting a top four finish. Uh, and what was the other question? A, a, a player. player that might surprise us. Uh, surprise us or surprise listeners? I have, listeners. To, I have listeners. to say Kimmich. Again, okay. I, I really... I've been beating you know, the Kimmich drum for a long time. I think, and I'm making a lot of predictions here, my, maybe my <laughs> first time on the podcast, but I think he makes it into the World Cup top 11. Okay. Next, and, and I just think he, if you, again, if you know the game, you watch the game, his style is, is uncomplicated, but it he, he could be the best right back in the game in a few years. He, he is Well, the best right back in the game, arguably retired, right. and then within two weeks, you've <laughs> yeah. got, well, yeah. he's, you know, he's there. He's yeah. actually still there. He didn't retire. I was like, like Demi Alves left? Like, what? Not only the best right back in the world who could also play central midfield, here's another right back yeah. who can also play central <laughs> right. midfield. Like, it's meant It's to... a reincarnation of Philip Lama at this point. If, if, you, if you're gonna, if you look for a player that, that every time just, when you watch uh, Kimmich, he's so young, but every move he makes, you're like, yeah, that's the right move. Right. This like, when you, you're just is... like, wow, that, it's so precise, it's so clean. And you don't worry about him as a player, and, and I think it's it's important. That'll do it for the Bundesliga and this podcast. Joshua Cloak, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. And where can people find you on the internet if they want to read your stuff or get your opinions? Yeah, I'm at uh, at Joshua Cloak, K-L-O-K-E, on Twitter. And uh, again, if you're into TFC, check out theathletic.com slash Toronto. Uh, I think you'll be, well, I hope you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Highly recommended. Bernie, say goodbye. Bye. Mohanad, say goodbye. Later. And we will see you next week. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Thank you.